0: Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is March 27th, Friday, and we're keeping this conversation Friday thing rolling. Uh, today I have with me Ruthie Kim. You can say hi, hey. Ruthie. Hi. <laughs> uh, the way I think of uh, of Ruthie is, well, she's, well, first of all, if you go to Reality, you know her, she's a part of our Reality San Francisco teaching team, and the way I think of Ruthie is when I'm planning a series or I'm asking her to come and teach. Um, the way I see it is my job typically is to load the bases every Sunday. Speaking of like a baseball analogy, I try to hit singles every week. Hopefully I don't strike out just singles. And then I really feel like Ruthie comes in and like brings everyone home. That's usually how I think about Ruthie. She's so gifted prophetically. Um, so oftentimes I give her a text or teaching topic. Um, she'll say you know kind of what what are you thinking of for this week or the angle of, of this or how we how are we approaching this and i usually just say i mean what is god speaking to you prophetically and what has been coming up over this like the, the course of the last several months as you have been part of our community and what is god speaking to you and then she usually just has all of this stuff um she always usually says well i don't know nothing and then she starts and it's like 30 pages of stuff um So I asked her here today because I want to talk about the stuff God is showing her prophetically right now, uh, in, in this global pandemic, this shelter in place, order we're all living in San Francisco and beyond, just have a conversation about it. And, uh, prophecy is meant to encourage and to build up, um, and to warn with the love of God, um, to correct all of those things. And we, I love the prophecy in the church. So anyway. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm adjusting to a new schedule, like I think everybody out there is. Um, I'm a mom of two boys, and so um, definitely I have a new job these days, which includes homeschooling a fourth grader and a kindergartner. So I'm spending a lot of time in my ABCs, um, but, but I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing great.
0: I've been spending a lot of time in Daniel Tiger. That's my <laughs> world right now.
1: I hope and you I get to leave I, that world soon.
0: <laughs> I actually like him more than Junior does. Really I love Daniel Tiger.
1: I think you're yeah, going to get mixed responses from parents. I know a lot of parents that hate Daniel Tiger. So really, yeah.
0: See, I don't ever know this world. Like people are like, "Giving trees is my favorite book," and I read it, and I'm like, that's the worst book ever. I'm like, I don't. I'm just a bad parent. Maybe Do I like an You're like an anomaly. You're yeah. an anomaly. Anyway, um, so what? Uh, We've been talking back and forth over the last couple of weeks um, in the stuff that you're sensing right now uh, in the spirit, things you've been praying, even dreams. First of all, could you maybe demystify some stuff? How does God speak to you or to anyone?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah. I love the idea of demystifying it because I think there is this sense of like, oh, my gosh, there's a prophetic person. That person must be... um, so different to the rest of us and that just really isn't the case i mean mm-hmm. i really truly believe and i think scripture is really clear that like god speaks to all of us he doesn't play any favorites mm-hmm. and so um and that happens in a variety of ways i mean we just actually were having this conversation with our children recently um you know god speaks sometimes through words in our mind through images through feelings in our heart i mean of course through scripture like he's just so creative in the way that he speaks. And I think one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is that we don't really lack his voice, but often we lack the awareness of his voice. And so Mm -hmm. um, my whole life I've been trying to um, just press into like, God, where are you in this? What are you saying? How do you want to speak to me? And so I think that's available for everybody. Um, But, but it's something that I'm really personally passionate about. Yeah.
0: That's so good. What do you, so what's the stuff you're like you're sensing like right now? Um, yeah. And have been sensing for a while, especially as people around you um, uh, are going through a lot of pain right now
1: yeah and loss and all of that yeah, no totally i I think one of the biggest themes that has been coming up for me that i 've been sensing is this idea of um, providing a pastoral presence for people. Mm-hmm. I think that no matter who we are we 've all been touched by this pandemic in just a multitude of ways, right? You know, some people have lost jobs, they've lost income. We've obviously had our schedules just thrown out the window, our kids are home. I mean, life has turned upside down and that has created a lot of anxiety, a lot of pain, a lot of struggle and I think first and foremost, each of us needs to be pastored. And uh, I think that the job of the church right now is to really do that well to one another and to the world. And so I've been, I've been thinking a lot about that and like, what does that look like? I mean, Francis was talking about that last week on the podcast and how church has really changed that it's not just the pastor. Now it's like all of us are called to pastor. Right. And I think that, um, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot yeah. of grief that people are experiencing. I was just thinking about it a few days ago. I couldn't stop saying to people, "I just can't believe this is happening. I just, I can't believe it." I was having these moments where it just, and I think I, I, as I was talking to people, it seemed like a lot of people were having these moments where it was like you almost woke up again, and you're like, "I just can't believe it." And it reminded me actually of when my brother passed away, um, and I've shared this really openly in our community. But when I was 18, my my brother died very suddenly. And I remember for the weeks and months following that significant loss, that shift in my life, I'd wake up in the morning for like a few seconds, everything was normal. And then I'd realize again, oh, I just can't believe it. And that memory actually helped me name what I think a lot of us are dealing with right now. And that is grief, is that sense of Everything's shifted, everything 's changed and and so we have this individual grief, but we also have a collective grief right now that a lot of us are are walking in and and so that 's what i 'm sensing as i as I kind of look around my world and our community and what 's going on
0: do you think like in pastoring people and pastoring each other, which I think is um is so right it 's so true it 's like the almost the priesthood of all believers type of thing. Like mm. we're all priesting each other. Yeah. Um, we're all shepherding each other. Um, we're all encouraging each other. What you even said about like grief there, it almost allows us when we shepherd each other or when we're encouraging each other to like normalize, like it's okay to be sad or it's okay to, to grieve or, oh, that anger that could be like a part of grief or that yeah. denial Oh, no, that's a, that's a part of grief. That's a stage of grief. That is. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the world would be the same again. I mean, the world wasn't the same after nine eleven. It might, it might not be the same. I can't see it being the same after this. And there's all kinds of stuff. We'll have to grieve and yeah. walk with each other in grieving.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we need to give ourselves and one another permission to grieve. And I was reflecting on you know for some of us some really massive losses that are going to change the course of our life i mean some people have already lost people to the virus and it's changing things on a really deep significant level and then some of us cancelled travel plans or we can't get our favorite foods or Mm -hmm. we're struggling to adjust to like being a homeschooler um and so we're all grieving different things and i think there's a tendency to feel like grief is a privilege. Like I don't get to grieve because you know what, I didn't lose my job. And there are people that are worse off than me that really need help. And that may be true to an extent like, yes, those that are without income and those that are really you know facing some tragic circumstances, we need to rally and we need to respond to that as the church. But I think when we start to sideline our grief, um, because it doesn't seem big enough, then that, that's dangerous ground. And, and what we tend to do is we tend to sideline or to push down that emotion and that lament that needs some place to come out. And then we find ourselves over a course of time, we're actually gonna be sidelining our joy and we're gonna sideline our creativity mm. and all the things that we actually really need access to in this time. And so I think permission to grieve, the big things, the little things, giving space to that, lamenting that, giving other people space for that. I mean, um, I think sometimes we're really quick to judge, well, that's not that big of a deal. Like there's this other thing. And of course, let's respond to like the big needs, but let's also give our soul space to just feel those losses. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you say that, what's coming up for me is like the permission to grieve, um, when everything happened, you know, a few weeks ago and we knew that church was going to be closed for um sunday gatherings for public sunday gatherings for a while i i knew that exactly what you're saying like i had to pastor differently like i had to step in and pastor and so i tried to do that and tried to do that through all kinds of different ways one of them was this kind of podcast that we started just daily and then the very beginning of it i'm just like you know kind of like processing some of this stuff on this podcast and and I had a, a couple of really close friends of mine just say, Dave, it doesn't sound like you're, you're sad or you're grieving, mm. and almost inviting me into grief because I didn't think I was a, allowed to lament, you know? Yeah. So yeah. then when I started accessing that, it completely changed my tone, changed the way I see everything. Um, and it, it allowed me to pastor, I think, pastor better. And I think yeah. that's when we do that, when we all first of all process our own grief or accept give us ourselves permission to grieve, And I think it helps us to be better ministers, better pastors, better, um, better friends. Um, yeah. we can access things instead of trying to you know, deny it. I, I had some of like the most upbeat friends of mine, like really grieving and yeah. just gave me permission to grieve. So
1: yeah. I, yeah, think I,
0: think I think that's I think, like really, important.
1: I think in the beginning, you know, all of us were kind of in that survival mode, right? I mean, we saw that manifest in the hoarding and the reactive, fast responses that everyone was having. Um, and when you're in that space, you know, there isn't really space to grieve, right? You're just thinking, how do I put food on the table for my kids? How do I make money? How do I create safety and security? Like that's kind of an immediate response. And so there's no judgment in the fact that we all had to move really fast, pivot really fast. But I think now as we're like a few days in, um, and we know this is not a short term thing, right? We know there's going to be weeks, if not months ahead of us then we have to start thinking about our soul and we have to start thinking about how do we care for ourselves and how do we care for one another? And I think that grieving and that lament is, is key. And I love too, what you said about how it comes out. I mean, last week I was mad. Like I had about four days of anger and, um, I had a therapy session in the middle of it and I kind of feel sorry for my therapist because I was just like cynical to like every suggestion he gave me and I was resistant and I was like, why would I do that? And like, you know, it's just all this anger coming up and it was only afterwards that I thought, oh my gosh, this is my grief. And this is like how, how it's coming out right now. And so yeah. you're right, denial, anger, anxiety, all of those things can actually be just manifestations of, of this grief.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, that was me last, that was me Monday, I think Monday with the elders. I was just so yeah. mad at so many things. And then one of them pointed out, You're really cynical right now. I'm like, I know, I, you know, you know, whatever. And yeah. it, it kind of was a moment where I'm like, Oh, this is, this is actually manifesting. that I'm not, I'm not receiving any good news right now. You're trying to tell me good news. And I'm just like, Let's say like get out of my face and I'll turn it. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good cynic. I can pretty much. Yeah, Turn anything could, good into in some bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, exactly. So we I I so anyway, yeah, that that and that's grief. That's just naming it so healthy. Just like mm-hmm, that's grief. Mm-hmm. Um you sent me something this week where uh that thing you sent me it was said that emo- emotions need motion. I had yeah. never read that before. Yeah. Like emotions need to move through you. Yeah. And I think about that, I think about the work I've had with my therapist who just retired recently. Uh he was always trying to get emotion to move through me and I, but he never used those, that language, but that's what he was doing. Like, no, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to like, I'm not allowed to be angry about that. You know, whatever. Mm. Like, no, it it has to move through you.
1: It does. Um, It does. We just get stuck there. And I actually think that a lot of us are stuck there. Yeah. That article that I sent you this week kind of started doing the rounds. I think actually just maybe yesterday and it's helpful because I think it's naming it. It's, it's giving people like, a sense of understanding of like oh this is what this is and until we name things we can't move on you know we kind of get stuck in this spiral so absolutely all those emotions like need they need an outlet and i think for those of us who are parents for those of us who lead in some capacity or hold some level of responsibility um it can be hard to feel like you have space to let those things move through you feel like i've got other people to take care of and so I think if there's people listening that just fall into one of those categories, like especially like creating space, even if it's just small pockets of reflection, crying with somebody, journaling, whatever it needs to like move through you. But the language of I don't get to grieve right now, that, that's not going to help us.
0: Yeah, that's good. What else are you sensing? Um, <laughs> In spirit, what else you're sensing? This is great. I mean, I love this. What, is,
1: yeah. what else is God
0: bringing up for you in prayer? And
1: Yeah. Well, man, I mean, just kind of on the topic of like the prophetic that we started with, like I have just been hearing from a lot of people and experiencing myself and in my own family, just what feels like a real openness right now to hearing God's voice um, I think that maybe now more than like ever in our lives, possibly, like we need to be hearing from God and people I've been speaking to, a lot of people have been having dreams. I've been having a bunch of dreams. Um, A lot of people have been feeling just this intimacy, this connection with God that's, that's newer or deeper for them. So I think that's interesting in light of all of the noise, all of the chaos, all of the the news and the facts and all the things, which, you know, not slamming those things. Those are things that are helpful. But um, I think what I'm sensing is just this invitation from Jesus to us as Christ followers to really press into hearing his voice. And, and that might be new for some people. That might be like a, a kind of a new thing to pursue and step into. And for others, we're used to it. And I just think there's like a deeper level for that. I know you and I have been texting a little bit around this and just even this idea that God's speaking in new ways. And I, I think that just goes to his character of like, you know, the world is in crisis. And for many of us, our worlds are kind of un- unraveling, being deconstructed. God is not absent in that. He's not distant. Like he's actually pressing in. And I think there is a, I think there is almost like an open heaven in some ways Mm -hmm. um, in this season. I've seen it in our family. One of the the beautiful things about homeschooling, of course, is that I don't have to be out the door at 7.45 a.m. And so we've had much slower mornings and we have instituted family devotionals. And just seeing my own kids hearing God's voice, whether that's through images in their mind, things they're drawing, things they're sensing, in a way that I haven't ever in our family, um, I- I'm seeing something kind of open there.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I realize that I need, I need the body of Christ to be hearing God more than ever right now. Like yeah. I can't, I, and I feel a lot less pressure of like, I have to be the one who is the pastor up front doing the thing. I feels like in a lot of ways, uh god has allowed this to flatten everything where like you actually you have a voice you need to you need to hear me and i need to speak through you and when i jump on the prayer zoom calls and i jump on pre-gathering prayer like every it feels like everyone's like hearing god and it's all very similar there's not like just some one person that goes i think you know it hasn't been weird it's all been so spot on one of the things that keeps coming up um in prayer meetings is that god is actually wanting us to like sew or make new wineskins for new wine right now mm. in the church. And I just think that's so, I think that's so right now, I think that's what God is doing. He's inviting us into a new way for like this new, this, this new wine he wants to pour out, you know?
1: Yeah. And,
0: um, and I think it's evident right now in, and, uh, in the way that we're all hearing God's voice together and how we're needing each other more. I just, I, You know, what's going to be funny is if this, I I really do wish. I hope life gets back to somewhat normalcy soon, but I'm going to, I'm going to miss what, I hope it doesn't pop back to what it was where we just kind of go about a business. And we look to like this team of, you know, 15 people in the church that do all the, all the hearing God and preaching God and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I just, I don't miss those days. I love that everyone's coming, showing up with something right now. Absolutely. That's what everyone's hearing.
1: Yeah, I think this is a a real great opportunity in the midst of pain, in the midst of pastoring and loving people well for us to say every single one of you to hear from God, every single one of you needs to walk in your gifts. Like we need everybody. And I think God is doing a new thing. I I think I, I texted you this. It's almost a couple of weeks ago now, it was even before the shelter in place in San Francisco was called for. And I woke up from a dream And very clearly heard God speak to me. And I heard him say, I didn't send this virus, but I'm going to use this virus to reset the church. And I kind of woke up almost like startled. It was so clear that God was speaking. And I just sat there and I just thought, okay, God's resetting. Like he's resetting something here. And though this is painful and this is difficult, God is on the move. God is at work and it is exciting to see what is happening in, um, in the church community, what God's speaking and and, yeah, what he's going to do from this point on.
0: Yeah. That, that has me, the silver lining, the, the opportunity in the midst of this pain and crisis that has me, uh, really excited. The ideation, I just, you and I've been talking about this, like, I just, I'm having a flood of the way that God speaks now is like all these ideas. Yeah. And it almost feels like I'm a crazy person because I'm just getting all of these. Like you said, you're keeping notes everywhere. I have yeah. stuff everywhere. I'm writing every, like, I wake up in the middle of the night with something. I'm like, how to write that down. Um, yeah. And it just, it's like, there is, I think there is this like a reset of the church that I welcome. um And I grieve what we lost, but I welcome this. um mm-hmm. I think it has to do with all of us. I don't think it just has to do with church staffs or um, or leaders. I think it has to do with everyone in the church. Yeah, and this is a lot of uh, a lot to look forward to. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I think there's a real tender place to to stand in for us as the the church to have this pastoral presence that is responding to need, that is letting people grieve, that is creating space for all of that and to hold on to hope and the sense that God is doing something. And, it, and it's a tender place because we don't wanna become happy-clappy, you know? Like mm-hmm. the reality is the world is in pain and God's heart breaks for that. And so uh, we, we definitely wanna be tender to that, but we also don't wanna move into a place of despair and hopelessness, right? As a, as a church, we need to have a prophetic voice. And that's a, a prophetic voice that's sharing that the loving Father heart of God towards people and what they're going through whilst at the same time saying his promises they're still going to be fulfilled like he's still doing a work and he's at work in us right now and and so i think for everyone listening that that's the the place i would invite people to really step Mm. into that tension of like really holding those two things well. Cause you know, I'm sure like most people I've seen, you know, my social media has been filled with stuff that has felt at times really happy clappy, And I'm like, this is just feels tone deaf. Like people are, are, have just lost their jobs. Like this is not what they need to hear. And I've also had my, my social media filled with, with really hopeless, like despairing things. And I'm like, okay, that's not, that's not the voice of the church right now either. And so I think finding that tension and holding that tension is going to be key. Gosh, that's so
0: good. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think that's it. I think it's living in the in that tension, which I think is a tension of of the time that we're in, like the epoch that we're in. In that, it's the already not yet of the kingdom. You know, I think that is the tension that we're exactly. living in, but we're feeling it in a new way. We're feeling a, a like the not yetness of of pain and loss and virus and death and the already like God's going to birth something new out of this because we're resurrection people. Yeah. Does. So, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Gosh. That's I so mean, the,
1: honestly, this is, I feel like a place for the church to shine because like you said, the already not yet, this is who we are, right? We live like the shadow of like the Good Friday kind of death lament. The world's broken. Who's going to fix it? And in light of like the Easter Sunday, like resurrection power, Jesus came, like we, that's what we do as people of faith. We live in both of those things. And so I think now we're just, it's, we're just seeing it manifested so starkly in the world. And so I think, I think hopefully that's, that's my, my dream is that this is an opportunity to the church to shine with God's love and pastoral heart and his hope and joy for the future.
0: Mm, that's beautiful would you mind as we end you just pray that over us
1: yeah yeah for sure father god i just thank you so much that your heart is for us father i thank you that your word says that you're close to the brokenhearted that you are you're down in the in the depths with us god I, i know there's people listening to this who literally have no idea how they're going to make it who feel very hopeless who may even be considering suicide and i mm-hmm. just just don't know lord would you come be close to the brokenhearted mm-hmm. holy spirit would you be who you are which is the comforter in the midst of all of this even as people are listening right now would you just descend upon their hearts with such loving kindness And also, God, would you stir in us hope? Lord, as I've been in that Isaiah 54 passage, and you're speaking to Israel, and you're saying, I'm going to rebuild your foundations. And I just keep thinking, God, that is who you are. You are a rebuilder. You are one that steps into ruins and wreckage and brokenness and despair. And somehow out of it, you bring beauty. And so for those that need that hope today, would you stir it in their hearts Would you give them faith to believe that they are not alone? And at the end of all of this, they will not be left with nothing, God, but that you will be with them. We don't know what it's gonna look like, but you promise to be with us and to rebuild. And Lord, may your church shine with such, such compassion, such a prophetic voice of hope, such presence, God, that we would be exactly who you've called us to be. We would be like Jesus in the world.